Today's episode of our Close of Business is sponsored by Better Living Showcase. All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At Close of Business, News Briefing. Good afternoon and welcome to the At Close of Business podcast. This is Simone Grogan with your Monday afternoon headlines. A handful of Perth-based tech companies have sought to quell speculation of their exposure to prominent tech lender Silicon Valley Bank following its collapse at the weekend. California-based startup and tech-focused lender Silicon Valley Bank was taken over by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation after it was unable to meet withdrawal requests in the order of $42 billion on Friday morning. The Financial Times has reported that investors were drawn to alleged vulnerabilities in the bank's balance sheet after it sold $20 billion worth of securities to make up for a shortfall in deposits, triggering a drop in its share price and a run on the bank. Although the bank largely serviced US tech companies and startups, its collapse has forced several Australian companies to outline their links to the lender and any potential risks their exposure might carry. Among them was ASX-listed software and high-performance computer developer Doug Technology, which took to the ASX this morning, confirming it had some $3.8 million tied up in deposits and in transit with SVB, its transactional bank. Despite the exposure, Doug assured the market that it had more than sufficient liquidity to operate as normal. Its remaining cash balance of approximately $4 $4.1 million is held with the Commonwealth Bank of Australia and Standard Chartered. Doug shares were off nearly 3.6% this afternoon to trade at 81 cents on the back of the announcement. Families owned Cyber Safety this morning also advised that its only direct dealings with the bank were a $20,000 credit card and that it had no direct loss exposure to SVB. West Perth-based cloud and software provider DropSuite confirmed with the market that it was not a customer of SVB and did not have any funds deposited or exposed to the bank. Regardless, DropSuite shares were down nearly 7% on market close at 20 cents apiece. It is understood that most SVB depositors will be fully repaid after the US Federal Reserve launched a new lending facility on Sunday. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, which has been running SVB, guarantees deposits of up to $250,000. New York-based cryptocurrency lender Signature Bank was also shut down amid the fallout. The ASX has closed the day at a nine-week low as a result, as traders wonder whether there will be more fallout following the failure of the two major banks. And in other news, Fremantle-based hospitality group Triple One Three will be opening a lounge under its Other Side Brewery brand at Perth Airport, focusing on service to regional WA flights and workers. Triple One Three has partnered with international group Delaware North to open the proposed Other Side Brew Lounge in the former Four Alls Lounge by mid-2023. The brew lounge has been modelled after the Myeree-based brew house and will showcase Western Australian music and arts, according to the company. Other side managing director James Leggy said the company had set its sights on an airport presence, as Perth Airport Acting Chief Commercial Officer Rebecca Cook said Other Side would provide an innovative and contemporary food and beverage hub in Terminal 2. Business News understands Perth Airport is set to continue its review of T2 capacity because of the growth of regional traffic over the last few years. Delaware North is based in New York, but has operated food and beverage services at Perth Airport since 1995. Other retailers have developed new outlets in Perth Airport's Terminal 2 in the past few months, including Barista and Shumi. And finally, Perth-based RLF AgTech has struck an $8.8 million deal to extend its distribution reach in Southeast Asia. 
The agricultural tech company signed an exclusive distribution agreement with Taipan Brand Farms, which is a subsidiary of Philippines-based agriculture product distribution company Jardine Distribution. The agreement aligns with AgTech's aim of bolstering food production and sales distribution, both globally and in the Philippines' agricultural market. Under the deal, Taipan Brand Farms will distribute AgTech's crop nutrition products throughout the Philippines, with an initial sales and purchase target of $8.78 million across five years. RLF AgTech shares were up 10.25% on the news to trade at 21.5 cents. And that's all from me this afternoon. Coming up next on the podcast, Matt McKenzie interviews Liv Clerk about a new venture looking to improve hearing health in remote Indigenous communities. Want to get more out of life? The Better Living Showcase has exactly what you're looking for. WA's leading health, wealth and happiness event, packed with live presentations, interactive performances, networking, investment, health and financial advice. You name it. It's all about helping you live your best life. March 18 and 19 at the Perth Convention and Exhibition Centre. Get your tickets now at betterlivingshowcase.com.au. Welcome back to Act Closer Business. I'm Matt McKenzie, joined today by Liv de Klerk. We're talking today about hearing because you have written about the Ear Science Institute and they have been researching matters pertaining to ears for two decades. Liv, what did you write about the Ear Science Institute in the latest edition of our magazine? They have just launched a new partnership with Mineral Resources to expand their services in the Pilbara and reach further communities than they have been before with new technology and implementing an ear health coordinator to be able to be on the ground and encourage Indigenous people to go get their ears checked. So the Ear Science Institute's been doing a bit of work on the ground in the Pilbara for a few years as I understand it. Why are they choosing to take on this partnership now? Yes, so Ear Science Institute has been working with the local medical clinic called Puntakunu Aboriginal Medical Service, or PAMS for short, as well as Rural Health West since 2014, actually, when the three organisations started working together to deliver ear care under the name Lions Healthy Hearing Outback Program. This new partnership with MinRes will allow this program to reach more communities that they weren't able to connect with before, mainly because of the lack of resources and the difficulty of transportation. Ear Science and PAM saw a high value in connecting with the Nepali and Matu Indigenous communities in particular. And when I spoke to the CEO of Ear Science, Sandra Bellicom, she said MinRes were actually really interested in building networks with these specific communities too. I think MinRes was actually quite passionate about wanting to help Indigenous people in the Pilbara to run their own businesses. And Ms Bellicom of Ear Science turned around and told Ms MinRes that people can't run their own businesses if they can't learn how to run a business because their hearing loss hindered their learning ability. So how much did Minres chip in? Minres ended up committing to provide $600,000 over three years to Ear Science Institute to pay for the resources needed to reach these communities. The way Ear Science would do this is by implementing more technology which couldn't be implemented before due to the cost barrier. The technology means specialist The technology means specialist audiologists and surgeons can speak with their patients across kilometres of land via a video conferencing platform. They'll also have access to what's called video otoscopes, which is a tool that takes photos of inside someone's ear and the photos are digitally transferred to the specialist doctor and it basically makes the existing ear health services far more accessible to far more people in the Pilbara. Well, that's very interesting. Photos inside the ear, hey? Um, They're going to appoint an ear health coordinator. You mentioned this. Can you just 
Tell us a bit more about what that will mean. Of course. So another obstacle which had come up and they were facing with the pre-existing model of ear health care in the Pilbara was people not actually attending their appointments. When I spoke with Sandra Bellicom, she said it's a logistical issue for some children to actually get to the clinic for their appointment. And sometimes it's hard for adults to do it as well. There was also a disconnect between nurses, other hospital staff and teachers and the families from the Indigenous, indigenous communities. To solve this issue, Ear Science has selected someone who will be known as the Ear Health Coordinator and they will essentially act as a middle person to connect all the people and facilitate communication and basically encourage patients to actually go to their appointments and help them plan how to do this. The person they've employed for this job um, has been chosen but not announced and she won't be announced until March once she leaves her current job. But the Ear Science Institute is confident that this woman will invigorate the importance of ear health and ear care in the Pilbara, where that message has maybe faded or maybe never existed to begin with. I know the coordinator will also be collecting data because Ear Science does a lot of research and she'll help get some more data from the Pilbara in this new role. One of the elders from the Nepali community, her name's Sue Bong, she told Ear Science that she's excited to help this coordinator get to know the community and have more opportunities to connect with the people and make a real impact. Isn't it fantastic that we have people out there in this state who are working so hard to deliver better health and education and other outcomes out in remote communities? And Liv, I reckon our readers are very grateful to you for highlighting some of that work in the latest edition. Thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au. Today's episode of our Close of Business is sponsored by Better Living Showcase.